Hey everyone, my name is Rohan Sant. And my name is Daniel Olaya. Thank you very much for joining us and welcome to yet another episode of the Aerospace Medicine Podcast. The podcast dedicated to involving, informing and inspiring you in all things aerospace medicine. Our guest today is Ahmed Maraka, a budding astropharmacist and African Space Agency pioneer. Now, I first came across Ahmed in the African Space Conference, which took place online in June 2020, whereby Ahmed gave a riveting talk concerning astropharmacy and Egypt's role in the current African space efforts. I had so many questions and I wanted to go in much deeper detail, so I knew I had to get him on the podcast to talk further and to share the great work that he's doing with you, our audience. Now, Ahmed is the Space Generation Advisory Council's Regional Communications Manager for the Middle East, 2019 winner of the African Space Leaders Award, a member of ASMA and AMSRO. He's also competed in several space tech competitions, including Space Station Design Workshop at the University of Stuttgart, the NASA Space Apps Cairo, and the Mars City-State Design Rally. Ahmed, you really are making it clear to the world that you're passionate about aerospace medicine, and we're so grateful to have you on today. Uh, hi everyone, uh, I'm Ahmed Barakat. So first of all, uh, thank you so much, Daniel, and thank you so much, Ruhan, for giving me this uh, great opportunity today. Uh, yes, as you can see, my passion of life is all about space and space exploration and how to engage people with this fascinating se- sector. Ahmed, we are very, very grateful for having you on. The pleasure is completely all ours. So the first question we try and ask anyone who's trying to come, who's coming on the podcast is to find out a little bit about you. Obviously, we've given you a little bit of introduction there, but I suppose the main question is, what got you interested mm. in space medicine? Mm. Uh, it's my uh, childhood dream to be one of the key players uh, who will make uh, the humanity a multiplanetary species someday and even go beyond this uh, and to make uh, deep space exploration a reality. Uh, So I'm doing all my best to reach these goals and make it a real one. So once I got uh, to my pharmacy school, I started thinking about uh, which career path I'm going to uh, throw after my graduation. Uh, Whether to start uh, uh, another bachelor degree in engineering or to go through a normal career path of uh, pharmacist. But if I talk this fast, it means that I will forget my childhood dream about space and space exploration. And it was a really hard time for me uh, as I was struggling to, to stick my, to my childhood dreams. And in the meanwhile, I want to make sure that I will have a bright future in this uh, uh, career. And Absolutely, what, yeah. And what made it more difficult to me to uh, be there, in, there is no real model uh, in Egypt in, to who took this uh, career path. And even the space industry in Egypt is not well-known one, unfortunately. But in uh, my third deg- uh, year of pharmacy, I was just googling uh, for some related topics uh, about space. Uh, and I found by just lack a paper discussing the use and stability of, uh, of drugs and medicines in a space. So here my uh, passion and the story about space uh, medicine starts. Mm, really, really interesting. I mean, I'm fascinated about the, this idea of, of course, you know, 
your vocation is pharmacy, you're studying pharmacy, but all the while you were looking for opportunities to link that with space exploration and it was your passion. So at one point in time, it was going to happen. It was just a constant of your life, I guess it seems. Yes, exactly. Mm. So what started with, what started the fascination with space, Ahmed? Was that just, you know, did you always kind of look up into the stars at night or did you, I don't know, watch a TV show or, or did you just, or did, were you just born with it? <laughs> 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 to be honest, uh, in my childhood, I raised in a very uh, particular area in the Middle East, which a lot of uh, conflict as that happened in right. the, this area. Uh, there was a, a lot of wars between different uh, political uh, parties in the Middle East and the countries. As you can uh, remember, in the, the Middle East, always uh, mm. like hot area of wars and this uh, political issues. Uh, so mm. I just once you open the, your TV just to see some uh, the news, it was terrible for me to see how people are being killed uh, and mm. how the, the, this uh, our politics are going to destroy our world uh, and the globe uh, and the people don't can say and can do anything to make it a change in this uh, area of the, the globe. Uh, so I just being depressed of what's being shown on the TV. And I started looking uh, in the night to the sky. I found that because I'm a child, I can't, I see that it's only place. There is no war there. We can live, live there and peacefully. And uh, it's the only place I, that I can see that there is no, no one will be killed, no wars. So I just have this passion started from this point. That's such a powerful, powerful thing. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Wow. So it was almost like, as you looked up, you could see solace and it it gave you hope. And there was such a stark difference between what was happening here on earth and what you could see potentially happening up there. If we could reach that place and start again. Yes. And I, 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 just once I start knocking nowadays, you can see uh, some countries are uh, trying to build their own space force. And even others are developing this kind of satellite, anti-satellite missiles. I, I, those are made, making me so terrible and anxious. Why we are, we are going to start this, this, this story again in this place yeah. we hope in, to, to, to just have this kind of place. The space is for collaboration and building the, the next civilization on peaceful Absolutely. matter, not to just have the, the same terrible mistakes is that we made to our planet in the in our future in space Mm. that's such a powerful message and i think that another thing is that you have such a a greater insight into that i mean you know i don't know about you daniel but for me i feel like i've i'm so blessed and privileged that i've not had to have that experience but yet still within that conflict zone and the terrible things that you were having around you, you still have kept up that positivity and that wanting to be there for the good of the people um, within that, despite everything that's going on around you. That's just such a phenomenal thing, Ahmed. And, you know, thank you so much for keeping that up when I can't imagine that must have been easy. I think it's interesting, you know, because, you know, you mentioned uh, the fact that the US are building a a space force. Um, Russia have something uh, similar and, you know, many 
organizations are, are thinking about this. And um, I, I watched a, a YouTube video actually on the African space efforts. And there was this idea that it's extremely important for African nations to unite, to build a space force because due to the what happened in the past, we don't want that to happen again. And the only way to stop that is to build a force so that people will not be subjugated to other people's will, you know, depending on who has the most power and who can do what, Yes. you know? Um, and, and just the idea was really, really interesting. And I started thinking, actually, that's, that's kind of true. Yes. But unfortunately I'm, I'm not a big fan for, for this idea in uh, just, I don't want any any nation in the in the in the globe to start uh, militarization of and weaponization of space. Uh, uh, please, I, it's my message to keep this place for a purpose, uh, use and the benefit or for humanity, not to destroy us again. Because if we start to just this kind of war and the weaponization of the space. Uh, that, uh, you, 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 you can see nowadays we have a big issue with the space debris. If we started this this uh, anti-satellite missiles and this kind of attacks that can give us more and more terrible mass of uh, space debris that could be prevent our hopes and, and our uh, expectation for, for going beyond uh, our limits today, we could be uh, uh, enclosed in our planet. We, we can't go even Beyond this, no one will leave the Earth because of this junk amount of space debris uh, in the in space. Mm. Absolutely, and I think um, I, I, you know, I completely wholeheartedly agree with you. We're quite obviously it's contentious, and there's there's difficulty um, with you know with people have different different nations perhaps have got different objectives, and but. I think that what you you know what you say is actually really true. Space, at least in the last twenty years or so, has actually been such an environment yes. for unity. Um, when when you've had international crews up there, constant presences by both, you know, politically the East and the West, with Russia, with the International Space Station. Um, uh, American astronauts being hosted there on on the Mir station, and um, and it's such an environment in which actually. Uh, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of cohabit cohabitation and learning to work with with each other and we have so many more similarities than we have differences um, and in such a hostile environment it's not the time or the place to really um, to try and militarize that in that sort of way and I I can't I I have to absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you that we need to as best as we can maintain that because and in addition to that as you very well mentioned that if we can't even satisfy our what we want to do in low earth orbit how are we going to get humans to mars and moon and and perhaps even beyond that yes. as well right yeah i think we're definitely opening up a a philosophical argument which is very deep actually and it's hugely interesting you know i'm fascinated just the, the whole idea of it and maybe it's just the human that is the human condition the human condition is to defend to build and to uh, compete like that and and maybe it's something we're bound to i hope not but it's just something that i was thinking that perhaps the, there's no way out of uh, different nations building space forces and actually it becoming more of what already is today but yeah, we can we can speculate, but we won't know. Yeah, I mean, I would I I completely agree with what Ahmed's what Ahmed's messages were there. Though it's such a difficult place 
difficult place to be that, you know, having infighting amongst ourselves when actually we're all humans at the end of the day is is the thing, isn't it, really? So, Ahmed, what you've mentioned a lot, and obviously it's very clear that you can get from from what you've just said there, is that you've always wanted this outlet to be able to help people and you wanted to be able to use that outlet of space to be able to improve things not just for the people who are going to mars but also for people down here on earth i'd love to find out and just if you could tell the audience a little bit about your university degree and obviously now you're helping other people to see to see um the way things the way that you see and you didn't have a role model when you wanted to set up something in egypt and now you are being that role model for people in Mm. the egypt middle east and perhaps even africa as well i know that's a huge huge title and you're a very (laughs) humble guy but can you just talk to me a little bit about you know your your time your university degree how did you set up things with amsro and uh, the space generation advisory council can you talk to us a little bit about that of course yes Uh, I got my uh, bachelor degree in clinical pharmacy from Alexandria University, uh, in which I uh, struggled to keep my passion about space uh, and to have a career in it. Uh, So, uh, as I mentioned, once in my uh, third year of pharmacy, I found this uh, paper uh, discussing uh, space medicine and the drugs in space. So I started searching how can I go through this uh, field and I have... how can I have a career in this field? So I found that uh, there is a specific association uh, in this uh, area, and I found that uh, there is a, a leader one, uh, which is the Asthma Aerospace Medical Association based in the U.S., under which there is the, the AMSRU, which is the Aerospace Medicine Student and Resident Organization, uh, it works uh, closely uh, under uh, the asthma. So I just started, oh, we have to work in this area. I started the contact, uh, to contact with AMSRU. Uh, so we need to establish a chapter and the presence of uh, AMSRU in Alexandria University to start uh, spreading this kind of knowledge throughout, uh, through our uh, uh, students uh, and mm. uh, they uh, i'm very uh, grateful to them uh, they accepted the idea and we started the uh, cooperation and we ma- uh, managed to establish the first uh, chapter of amzuru at alexandria university which was the first step after congratulations after that, we, congrats thank you. after that we <laughs> we managed to have uh, many other and now uh, i think we have f- another five uh, regional chapters across the globe uh, which is something very, uh, I'm very proud to to start this as a step in Egypt. Yeah, you were a pioneer there, mate, weren't you? That's uh, incredible. And after that, uh, I managed to uh, get this presence in Egypt, and we uh, we uh, we started to have our first uh, regional uh, chapter activity in Egypt, which was entitled uh, "Let's Talk About Our Future," in which we got some speakers from. Uh, U.S. and uh, U.K. Uh, who is, is specialized in this area uh, and to give uh, like a, a mm. did, uh, talk that uh, you can imagine like this nowadays we have this kind of uh, webinars uh, because of COVID-19. We started this in our first event uh, because we don't have this lot of funds to uh, to have to sponsor these uh, speakers to come in Egypt, yeah, uh, because uh, we are a non-profit organization and we, we, there is not this great interest in a sponsor to sponsor your event. So uh, we made it through videos, and uh, it was the first event. After that, uh, uh, I 
managed to uh, get in touch with SGAC and uh, applied for the position of uh, SGAC Regional Communication Manager for the Middle East region, mm. uh, in which I got accepted wow. and started my work in uh, last September. Uh, and we we managed to uh, to do something great with SJAC, not only for Egypt, but the Middle East and Africa. And we can go through in details in this later on. Excellent stuff. Oh, so what is astropharmacy? Uh, astropharmacy is about how to practice pharmacy in, the sp- in space and space uh, uh, environment. As, you, uh, as we now have the ISS, uh, how you can supply the astronaut on the ISS or in the International Space Station with the pharmaceutical products and pharmaceutical kits that uh, you want to make sure that the therapeutic effect or the benefits of these uh, drugs or medicine that will be uh, safe and in the therapeutic range that we uh, that is almost close with uh, what we have on, on Earth. And uh, to establish this presence and kind of uh, will uh, uh, practice of this pharmacy in if you can just and because in our plans we wanted to go beyond uh, a lower earth object mm-hmm. we want to go to the moon and mars mm-hmm. if you wanted to start colonization on moon and mars you really wanted to start uh, how you can supply this uh, colonies with the pharmaceutical uh, products that could be stable in this new uh, area uh, and a new environment of extreme radiations and microgravity, even some conditions like zero gravity, uh, how you can make sure that the, this uh, pills and the pharmaceutical product will be stable uh, in this new area and the new environment. Mm. So if I had back pain on the ISS and I had back pain on Earth and I wanted to take a paracetamol or ibuprofen, what is the difference? Like How, how, do, they, how do they differ? In the astropharmacy, I will deal in, in this with two, uh, two topics. Uh, the, the safety of the pill itself, uh, whether it will be uh, give you the full therapeutic effect or not be, uh, due to the stability of the dosage form itself. As the other, uh, on the other hand, I wanted to make sure that it will give you the full therapeutic effect because we can expect that there is a, an alteration of the human physiology in the, the lower Earth orbit or the on the ISS uh, that could affect the, the pharmacokinetics and the pharmacodynamic of the drug itself. But what we have like, uh, in, so, in solid understanding right now, it will treat you, but maybe you can just have like a much greater dose than the ibuprofen or the paracetamol that you will take in, on Earth. Because of how it's metabolized in the body due to it being in yes. space. And also you mentioned a little bit there as well as that the actual environment of the spa- of space as well can basically cause the medications to degrade a little bit quicker than they would on the ground as well, right? And that's why another reason why you need to take the higher doses. Is that correct? Yes, perfect. That correct? Uh, it's one of the reasons. And we, our, NASA, like in NASA Space, uh, Johnson Space Center, they are in the pharmacy there. They are trying to conduct an extensive research in this uh, area of the, the stability of the formulation itself, the dosage form, whether it will be fully stable or not uh, on the ISS, we had th- this uh, very uh, established uh, knowledge that uh, the stability of the shelf life or the stability of the dosage form is l- l- almost about six months. Uh, but if you are talking about going beyond mm-hmm. uh, lower Earth's orbit, if you wanted to go to Mars, as NASA wanted to uh, to go in, um, on Mars, and even like the commercial space sector, like SpaceX, wanted to colonize Mars. Uh, so 
if you are mm. uh, you don't you won't make sure that your uh, journey and is fully uh, safe uh, in different aspects if there is a medical emergency how you uh, you want to make sure that the, pharma, the pharmaceutical preparations and products that you have is fully uh, available and give you the full effect in this new conditions but once you are going beyond the airs you can expect an extreme radiation especially to uh, once we Absolutely. are going to to mars i was going to ask you can you just just to make sure we don't lose anybody can you just quickly explain why it is that once we come out of low earth orbit so that's just where the iss is and the international space station is and where they're hanging out um and you have a slightly re- reduced radiation dose there in comparison to when you go out of there. Can you just explain to the listeners why it is that you have that increased radiation once you leave lower yes, orbit? Yes, uh, sure. Once we uh, we are in the, on the ISS, we still in the atmosphere uh, of Earth that could uh, help us to, to decrease the dose that we can expect from the radiation because this uh, kind of shielding uh, of the, the atmosphere around the Earth protect the astronauts from this very dangerous radiations uh, in, in, in the outer space. But once you are going beyond the Earth, you are no longer in this area of, uh, of the, the, magnetic, the, magnetic, the magnetic field and this atmosphere, so you mm-hmm. can expect the full uh, exposure to extreme radiations in, in the, uh, the outer space. So if you are talking about the moon, the, the issue, it will not be this great issue like Mars because our, uh, like in Apollo era, the whole duration between uh, it, uh, the journey, it was like 12 days. Uh, you can't expect uh, mm. a, a coronal mass ejection uh, you, or you can avoid it uh, in this uh, duration. But once you are going to Mars, it, at least you, your journey will last for six months. So you will ex- definitely mm. expo- expose yourself to the coronal mass ejections that could uh, increase this uh, limits of uh, the exposure of radiation, even that could lead uh, to uh, even our body itself. It will be affected that uh, high risk of developing cancer once more mm. returning to Earth. So we, you, you, you want to make sure that mm. the, st- the stability of the pills and the pharmaceutical products will be stable in these conditions of the radi- extreme radiation and Indeed. Uh, microgravity. So, Ahmed, you had mentioned, um, you had obviously you raised some really great points there. Once you're actually outside of that protection provided by the Earth's magnetic field, you're into that full spectrum of damage that the sun can cause in terms of radiation, not only to us as humans, but also to the drugs on board as well. Um, Because the radiation itself can affect literally the molecular structure of the drugs and make them not able to perform their function, which is a huge problem if you're trying to send a crew to Mars over six to nine months, keep them there for a bit, and then trying to bring them back. So what are the solutions to that? Do we have to make the drugs eff- drugs effectively stronger? Do we need to just put them in some sort of secret, you know, this nuclear bunker level of radiation protection to protect the drugs? Or what's the what's the solution to this? At, uh, at this stage, we, d- we didn't develop this uh, novel dosage forms that could be stable in this uh, extreme radiation and uh, and the microgravity. Uh, we still just uh, tr- try to back this uh, like in the same on the ISS, but with a, a greater package of uh, shielding that could pre- uh, reduce the exposure of uh, of uh, the, uh, this extreme radiation. 
uh, but if uh, if any uh, research uh, pro- groups that are trying to to formulate a novel dosage for if they success in this uh, uh, area and they, if they can formulate this novel dosage form, you can expect an uh, another new uh, uh, great uh, uh, in revolution in the drug market, and uh, because you you will uh, formulate uh, as our uh, dosage forms nowadays on Earth to this new formulation that could give you a much longer uh, shelf life. Uh, so the economy of the drug market will be also affected uh, because uh, we mm-hmm. can benefit from this. But uh, until th- this moment, we didn't uh, reach this. Uh, uh, novel dosage forms that can uh, withstand this extreme radiation and microgravity. Mm, so you're saying that w- right now we're at a stage where we can't achieve it because we, we haven't done that research yet, but ideally we'd have a different effectively formulation or the way that the drug is made up to be able to help it withstand radiation a little bit more. Is that is that yes. right? Am I understanding yes. that correctly? Yes. So the next lead-on question to that is that does that affect how does that work in terms of e- economies? Because if you change the formulation of a drug, does it need to then go through the same clinical trial processes that it has before? Or can you just change the formulation and you can just go for it? Because if you have to then go through the same clinical trial processes, does that create another obstacle in terms of finances for, for you know, I don't know, GSK or whoever it may be that want to develop this new drug for space? Uh, yes, perfect. Uh, you once you formulate you you change any something even even uh, in uh, the active ingredient itself, uh, you have to uh, go through the uh, bioequivalence studies and this uh, kind of studies, uh, but not the fully uh, the uh, clinical trials itself. Uh, but right. we we are we will have to go through uh, bioequivalence studies to make sure that the safety and the therapeutic effect. Uh, of the same formulation of a novel do- the dosage form, it has the same uh, potency of all uh, the therapeutic effect of the the other uh, or the old version of it. Okay, so just to just to make sure that you know, for any of the non-pharmacists out there, can you just explain what bioavailability means, please? The so bioavailability means how uh, once you took that like ibuprofen or paracetamol, how, uh, how the amount or the concentration uh, of this drug will reach. Uh, from this uh, uh, bill or this uh, uh, tablet to your p- bloodstream uh, throughout the, mm. uh, after the absorption and metabolism, and uh, how we want to make sure that uh, and, uh, the first pass effect for, uh, in the liver, after which we can uh, expect the, the exact concentration that uh, it's already in your bloodstream after uh, being absorbed and. Uh, uh, if it will uh, have uh, exposed to the first pass effect or uh, the met- being Correct. metabolized uh, before uh, reaching out uh, the systemic circulation in the liver or not. So this is me- means right. uh, the bioavailability of the drug uh, in or the concentration in your bloodstream after uh, reaching the systemic circulation. Great. So uh, just again, I'm, I'm sorry to just make sure that I have got my good understanding. So bioavailability is essentially the ability of that drug for, you know, the dose that you've taken it to end up in the bloodstream and how much of that dose that you've taken and how much of that tablet actually ends up in the bloodstream. Is that correct? Yes. Very simple. Great. And that leads on to a really nice other 
point about what you had mentioned about the the difficulties of long-term space travel and and the ability to metabolize drugs because it's not Mm -hmm. only the radiation that's changing the drug but your body actually changes as well right from what i understand Uh, and can you just talk to us a little bit about how the body itself changes and how that can affect how you know well the drug is metabolized or the bioavailability as you talk as you called it specifically yes perfect uh, so once we are going uh, in space, uh, we can expect an alteration in the normal physiology of our body. Uh, so if it will affect uh, the two process of the, the how the drug uh, can give us the therapeutic the, uh, effect, the pharmacokinetics and the pharmacodynamics of the drug. Uh, but mainly, oh, please explain that. Please explain that for a mere mortal who uh, I can't. I can't. I, I always get confused between those two. Can you just tell me what those are again? <laughs> yes, sure. Uh, so uh, we, we we will deal with the pharmacokinetics first, as it will uh, dramatically affect it in the area of uh, the new conditions of space and space uh, exploration. Because once you are in space and these new conditions of uh, microgravity, you uh, the pharmacokinetics uh, will be affected. The pharmacokinetics means that how the, the drug itself will affect your body, and we uh, are and we simplify the, the, this process of pharmacokinetics in a mnemonic called ADMI, which is uh, suppose, uh, of uh, uh, four main process, which is the absorption, distribution, metabolism, and excretion. It's four different phases of the, uh, the how the drug will affect your body to get the therapeutic effect. So we ex- uh, we. We see that this four different phases of the pharmacokinetic process is being affected in the new conditions of microgravity, as in the alteration in the absorption of the drug because of the alteration in the uh, in the gastromotility itself, intestine motility itself is altered mm. in the new conditions of microgravity that end up with alteration in the absorption of, uh, of the drug. So you can expect uh, here an alteration in the pharmacokinetics, the first, process, uh, first phase, uh, the absorption phase. And even after that, because if, uh, the, once you are de- dealing with the circulatory system in a space, there is a, uh, it's, uh, it's fully uh, dysregulated or uh, altered in space environment because of the fluid shift mm. that tends to happen in, in the, the, the space environment. Uh, the, uh, that could affect the, the distribution of fluid throughout the, the, the body that also will affect the, how the drug is being uh, distributed and we need to make sure that the drug is equally distributed through all uh, the body compartments to give the, the ideal effect or the ideal therapeutic effect intended to be. This is uh, from the, the distribution phase. Also, if you are uh, talking about the metabolism mm-hmm. itself, uh, it will also uh, we uh, we we see that some enzymes are being activated or fully act- uh, more activated and others uh, it will be uh, mm-hmm. less a uh, decrease in its activity. So hence you you can expect a, a difference in how the activity of the drug it will be because of your drug if it's a pro drug or uh, which intended to give its uh, action after activation being metabolized mm-hmm. in in the in the liver. If the liver activity or the enzymes that we are target to activate this drug is uh, fully activated or increase its activity after alteration in a space environment, so you can expect a toxic dose from this drug because it will be uh, f- uh, uh, activated or in a more uh, concentration that we uh, it will be, uh, go beyond the therapeutic uh, index 
for the therapeutic uh, range of the drug window. Uh, on the other hand, if, the, if this enzyme is decreased in activity, we will expect therapeutic failure because the drug didn't reach the, mm. the minimum effective concentration because it's, it's, it's below the therapeutic window. So you will expect end up with therapeutic failure of the drug. Even so, this uh, uh, absorption and the distribution metabolism, it will be affected through the pharmacokinetic of the drug. It will be affected. Uh, so it, it, it will it end up with maybe alteration of uh, you need to increase the dose if uh, if the uh, to, uh, the drug is not uh, giving you the full uh, therapeutic effect or you don't uh, see that you uh, you manage to this to get this the same result on airs or even you we need to decrease the dose if you expect a toxic uh, manifestation or side effects from the drug. Uh, so this is mainly re in, in regards to uh, the pharmacokinetics in the four different phases. But uh, in the other hand, the pharmacodynamics of uh, of the drug uh, it means that how you how your body will deal with the drug uh, to give the the final uh, therapeutic effect or uh, that we expect. And but and unfortunately, in this area, we don't have this enough. Uh, and solid data because uh, once you are talking about the pharmacodynamics, you need to uh, go through much details uh, experiments that you need to the, make sure that blood uh, plasma concentration and you need a large number of uh, volunteers. We need here uh, because of the limited astronauts, we don't expect a high number of uh, astronauts. Uh, also, the saliva, uh, you need to test uh, the uh, concentration. Of the drug in it, but we uh, expect uh, an alteration also in uh, the pharmacodynamic. Uh, but we don't have this great uh, research and knowledge like in the other uh, in the pharmacokinetic phase. So um, essentially, just to summarize everything that you've said so far, so the pharma, uh, so the pharmacokinetics is basically how the drug moves through the body, right? Yes. So it's how the drug is absorbed, how it's distributed through the body and able to mm. have its effect, and then also how it's excreted. And essentially, due to the changes that occur during spaceflight, you've mentioned two really important things here. One is that actually your body's own biological processes change. So your liver, for example, certain enzymes go up and certain enzymes go down. And because the, the, the drug itself needs to be metabolized in order to have its action in the liver, that, you know, depending if the enzyme goes up or down, it can have effects on the final amount of drug that you've got. Um, but the other thing mm. that you mentioned there as well is the fact that when you go to microgravity, your fluid doesn't all sink down to the bottom. It kind of goes all over the place. So you get more in your head than you'd usually have. You get more in your torso than you'd usually have and therefore we don't know the effects of that you know that's one really important point that we need to think about when dosing our drugs and perhaps the formulation of those drugs and how they actually enter the body but also in addition we because of those changes that occur to the body the the, the drug itself may have a slightly different effect than what we expect down on earth is that is that essentially mm. what you're saying daniel yeah. your anesthetic geek mind must be going absolutely crazy with this you must love this stuff right now i am i definitely am hey like they, this type of stuff this type of reading this type of academia once you go deep that's when you really start enjoying it and you now literally what you're saying um it is just music to my ears i'm i'm, I'm learning and, and thanks, i love it thanks thanks so much <laughs> And that was so eloquently explained as well. Thank you so much for doing that. 
So we've heard a little bit about um, some of the improvements that have been made, that we've made, but just to make sure that I'm clear in my head, have we made any major improvements with regards to that then? Or not really? Is there still a lot of work to be done? Uh, do you mean my activity in, uh, in, in, in space in Egypt? Or? I mean more in terms of how the... I, I'm thinking about the pharmacokinetics, like how we stabilize the drug and stuff. We obviously, we keep them in particular places on the space station. We change them every six months. But a, apart from that, there's not really a huge amount going on. And there's multiple challenges, not only because of it's a difficult thing to do, but also because of funding issues as well and how willing drug companies would be willing to test different formulations. Is that right? Yes, sure. Uh, because it, as you mentioned that if... Uh, you you wanted to encourage this uh, the big pharma to uh, to go through this field uh, they wanted to make a profit uh, and uh, and once you are start talking about anyone in the the big uh, companies uh, he, he will say okay so how many astronauts or how many the people that you will reach in the in the space environment i'm not going to have a profit from uh, in in this and uh, in, in this area of so we, we don't have this great uh, interest of the big farmers that can give you the, the huge funds that can push your limits in this, uh, uh, this uh, very limited funding. Because, uh, just we have this uh, from the national space agencies like NASA ESA, uh, for example, who are leading this uh, research. Uh, but if you wanted to make sure that you can give uh, to, to, to push our limits in this area of research, you want to negotiate with the, space, the big players in space and uh, in the market industry or the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, but you will struggle because it's the business and he will say how, can, how many people or you target in space. So we will still in the very, very beginning in this mm, area. Absolutely. But after, you know, after we start getting more people into space, perhaps with the evolution of the commercial program and, you know, yes. once you start getting the 50, hundreds, thousands of people into space and needing that environment and needing their drugs, then that perhaps creates a market then for maybe Big Pharma to be more interested in developing the drugs that could help. Mm. Uh, also, just I want to mention that I, I in my, uh, we conducted a, a, a research study with SGAC to send like 1 million people to Mars uh, in 100 years. So uh, in this, uh, it was just a theoretical study and we uh, I was responsible here in about the presence of pharmaceutical industries there. So uh, to, to, to uh, bypass this obstacle in your uh, uh, funding, we, uh, may, we wanted to make sure that the selection of the people uh, who will go through this uh, journey will be uh, fully healthy, and we also we wanted to go through it more deep in the genetic. Uh, we want to make sure a selection of the people. Unfortunately, it will be based on the genetic basis to make sure that they will be fully healthy on Mars and the very very beginning of the uh, colonization on Mars. Mm. Uh, also, we we wanted to make sure that we will uh, use some resources on Mars, uh, and also we just rely uh, relied on uh, some other team colleagues mentioned that we can three D print the drug, but three uh, mm. D printing drugs is, uh, is still very 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 beginning. We can't re rely on it at this very uh, early stage, but uh, because if we are targeting like in one hundred years. Uh, so we uh, expected that uh, we can establish a good presence of 3D printing drugs 
on Mars that can help us in this situation. Also, we, we want to make sure that we will have like an R&D uh, facility uh, that could uh, study the formulation uh, in, on Mars uh, and we can, our uh, this uh, supply chain of the uh, raw materials and the active ingredients, uh, it will be uh, exported from, uh, uh, from uh, and we will import it from uh, Earth uh, to Mars in the very very beginning just like uh, just like there is a point of view just imagine it's like a missionary uh, vision of uh, mm-hmm. going to mars and have a colony out there yeah so definitely by the time you get a million people over to mars there may be other methods of being able to actually get the drugs there as you mentioned 3d printing perhaps early stages right now but who knows with the advent of technology in the next 100 mm-hmm. years we don't know exactly. where that's really going to go yeah. Yes. Ahmed, can you tell us more about 3D printing drugs? So what does it involve? What is it about? Uh, um, I'm sorry, I don't have this kind of uh, huge uh, knowledge about 3D printing of drugs, but uh, it, because it's very, very beginning. Uh, and also we don't know uh, exactly how it would be the safety of it uh, and how we uh, you can make sure that you can get the, the, the active ingredient, the API itself, and how it will be uh, exposed with the other inactive ingredients, the stability of the dosage form that will be ended up uh, printed, being printed. Uh, I think it's very, very, very beginning, and I'm not a big fan from this uh, kind of uh, industry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, just this whole di- idea of 3D printing uh, drugs and medicines, I think that, that opens up a, a whole new paradigm. Of course, yes. you know, there's, there's the 3D uh, printing of uh, cells and uh, biological organic material. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that opens up a whole new thing. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to, to see what happens with that. And also just 3D printing, you know, bits that go broken on the space shuttle or whatever it is that's taking you over to Mars as well, right? I, I know that, you know, as much effort is put in, there are unfortunately things that break on the station. And if you need a spare part, it's very difficult to do it, so to get it. So if you can just 3D print the spare part that you need, that would be really helpful as well, I imagine. So that's actually happening now. They've, they've got some 3D printers on the ISS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's 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 yeah I, i'm sure there's something going on but i don't know i don't know the exact specifics but it's re- that's really cool as well so 3d printing perhaps has a lot of a lot of issues a lot of things that we can do i was interested ahmed that you had mentioned about genetics and maybe needing to do some genetic uh, evaluation of participants before sending them off for long-term space flight is there anything that you can expand upon that or help us understand a bit more about uh, uh, in this area of research, uh, we wanted to make sure that the genetic basis, uh, if uh, this uh, disease, uh, genetic diseases that could be, uh, you can expect uh, if uh, those, uh, those kind of parents if, uh, got married on, on Mars, uh, the, the offspring and the other generations, the coming generations, will have a specific disease or not. Uh, so uh, it, 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 this is in the area of genetics. Uh, we don't uh, uh, in this area because we don't like focus on research, but we just focus on how uh, to uh, decrease the probability of of, uh, of being sick or have uh, patients on on Mars from uh, who have who have uh, uh, a disease uh, from genetic basis. Got it. Maybe. Got it. 
So, for example, if somebody has got a particular gene that makes them more likely to have, uh, for example, breast cancer, so there's some genes which yes. have been associated with that, or ulcerative colitis, or you know, other medical conditions that we can perhaps predict quite well with gene studies, then maybe these may be patients that would be very dangerous to send them on these long-term space flights because, I mean, I imagine that you know, radiation isn't going to do that those diseases any good, right? really if we're already worried about the risk of cancer and you send somebody up there who's got a BRCA or a cancer uh, increased likelihood mutation then you know we could potentially be exposing them to harm um quite significantly more than necessarily is right is that what is yes. that the correct interpretation of yes. what you said yes yes perfect great amazing amazing stuff mm, yeah Thanks for that introduction into uh, astral pharmacy. Uh, it's definitely uh, an area which uh, I really want to read a lot more into, but it seems that it needs a real deep dive and a, a read into the research which is going on. And clearly it's, it's developing as we speak. So Ahmed, that's absolutely fascinating stuff. And that's such a, a aspect of space medicine that really hasn't been explored. So we've talked about the problems in terms of how the drugs are metabolized, how the drugs actually have effects on the body and the issues regards to how, how stable those drugs are going to be in long-term spaceflight. Does that mean that pharmacists are the next people that we need in space right this second? And that's who <laughs> the ESA and NASA need to be recruiting immediately? What's What's going on with that? Yes, I, I'm a big fan of this, and I highly support, uh, encourage NASA to doing this. Also, NASA has its own pharmacy lab and uh, facility does, in, yeah. in, in NASA Space Johnson Center. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, if you are going to uh, make, uh, we want to make sure that our uh, vision to have this colonization on Mars and uh, Moon definitely we will we will need the full uh, medical teams there. And of course, uh, we will need the, the pharmacist uh, in space. Uh, we wanted to make a, a good presence of uh, pharmaceutical industry, but in the, this other uh, new condition, new environment of the space, uh, to to make sure that, as as we mentioned previously, the stability and the different uh, issues that will be related to the dosage form and the safety of the drug and uh, to conduct this uh, basic research that we need and also to uh, go through uh, with the, the medical team to uh, in the clinical uh, trials or experiments on space to, uh, because we, we want to sustain our vision uh, on Mars. If you are going to Mars, you want to colonize it, you want to transform Mars. So you want to have uh, this kind of civilization there. So definitely you will need the uh, pharmacist there and all the medical team uh, will be needed, of course, in, in the, the next decade uh, or the next chapter of space exploration and uh, colonization of Moon and Mars. So right now we're facing a, you know, as you mentioned, like it's such a different environment space um, in comparison to what we have on Earth. And obviously we follow a practice of evidence-based medicine in, in healthcare. And I think, that as you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of roles for research in these, especially these particular fields and how drugs work uh, to ensure that we are making good quality clinical decisions for our patients when we send them off into space or to go on any sort of long-term things. Yeah, that was, that, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. I want to talk more about the African uh, space efforts and what exactly is happening and what are the aims? Sure, uh, the, the lovely one to me, Africa. Uh, uh, in Egypt, we started our, uh, firstly, our space uh, program since 90s. 
but it was oriented to satellite technology. After that, we uh, we successfully established or we could, uh, our own uh, national agency, as the Egyptian Space Agency. Uh, after which we 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 work uh, in under cooperation with the, the African Union uh, to establish uh, the African uh, Space Agency. And the African people here in the African Space Agency, uh, in, in because we are still in the very, very beginning and the negotiation phase uh, on the vision of the African Space Agency, uh, we don't expect too much in the very, very beginning uh, because the, the, you, you see this uh, uh, different uh, uh, opinions of or different uh, perspectives of each country and its priorities, uh, it will be an oriented to how to use satellite technology in the first, very beginning in one of the areas of uh, weather forecasting, TV uh, broadcasting, uh, communication, mining, uh, uh, to study desertification, this kind of uh, satellite technology is under the table, uh, uh, being uh, countries uh, want this uh, focus will be more about uh, communication and broadcasting, the other wanted to be most oriented more towards mining and this kind of research. Uh, but it's the very, very beginning. And we had yeah. this uh, in, uh, meeting in Addis Ababa last uh, December in the African Leadership Congress uh, and we which in which we uh, struggle uh, to have this uh, concrete uh, vision of the African Space Agency, uh, which will be hosted in Egypt in the new capital, uh, and in which I raised the potential that we need uh, to start our own space uh, medicine program and to have our own aerospace medical institute that can work uh, under the vision of the African Space Agency because we already are sitting back in the, in the different uh, space technology. Uh, the other are uh, well-developed and advanced more than us. But uh, once you are uh, in the area of space medicine, it's already uh, in the very beginning and it's emerging science. So why not to go through this uh, emerging uh, field and to take a lead in this uh, don't uh, not to uh, I don't want you to in the first beginning to become the leader, but at least to be in the very very beginning and uh, to want to want to be one of the leaders in this uh, area or in this kind of emerging uh, mm. uh, field. Yeah. So what I understand, and and um, from doing my own reading as well from from what you said, is mm. that actually a lot of African nations, particularly Egypt and South Africa, and Nigeria, they're looking at space for and to answer some socio-economic challenges. And, and they're looking, of course, at the rural side of it, agriculture, mining, and, and making a lot of headway, with particularly with China. I, think, I know there's a, a very uh, strong partnership there. Yes, of course. Uh, just you, you, as you mentioned, they want to focus more in this uh, in this topic of uh, how we can uh, and have this kind of communications and uh, if each country ha wanted to to focus more on its priority and it's uh, how they can really make a benefit mm. fr from this. But uh, we still have this on the table who will decide, uh, but it will definitely, it will be one of this area, as I mentioned, the communication, yeah. broadcasting, mining, maybe. And these are the desertification, some kind of this way, 
But uh, I, I mentioned I, that we need to have this kind also of uh, space uh, pro- medicine program, uh, especially in Egypt, because in Egypt, in, our, in the Egyptian Space Agency vision, they wanted to send the first uh, astronaut to the ISS by 2025. And even beyond that, they want to, by 2030, to have the first Egyptian on moon, which so I, I, I was negotiating with the, the executive director and the board uh, that we, if we wanted to make this uh, happen, why we don't have our own space medicine programs that can have his own uh, astronaut training center uh, that we could, uh, in which we could uh, train our astronauts in our soil and it ca- can be uh, uh, the first center in the Middle East and Africa. Uh, but we're still in very, very beginning and negotiation, but we uh, ma- make a great success uh, in the in in the basic way of to establish mm-hmm. the space medicine program, and we uh, managed to get uh, to up to the prime minister to get the approval to start our own space medicine program. But suddenly everything got uh, imposed because of uh, COVID nineteen, and nowadays <laughs> yeah, that little uh, the government have its own other uh, new priorities after this new uh, challenges. Yeah because of uh, the economic and uh, it's really impacted uh, because of uh, COVID-19. So um, I hope that we can uh, re-work again on this very soon. So So let's let's, uh, let's wait to see what COVID-19 will bring to us. No, I think it's very intriguing. And... um, Again, p- particularly in the in the discussions that I've had and the reading that I've done, uh, th- there's a debate about whether and what there is to gain as a priority for African nations to look at space exploration, and of course, therefore, and and then uh, space medicine, looking at you know astronauts. Mm, but but w- what what do you think the gain, the immediate gain, the the, the aims African nations would be looking at? Because uh, it seems like. It's not the main priority, and it might not be for a while for a few different reasons. And uh, I think that uh, Africa uh, should. Uh, they, uh, I agree with them that uh, we should focus more on the telecommunication and mining and desertification of uh, uh, the African uh, soils. But uh, we also need to focus more on uh, on the other hand. Because on that space medicine, uh, not only because to be to go uh, in space, but to train our uh, medical uh, team uh, on very this very advanced equipment and to 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 pay more attention to the uh, the health sector and the medical sector uh, because it's uh, not very advanced in Africa. Uh, we still struggle in this uh, in the health issues, and you can see how. Uh, uh, how many uh, uh, population in in Africa struggle with uh, diseases uh, and the poor uh, uh, health sector and how it's very very poor to 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 be well uh, mm. uh, like to compete with other nations. This is my this is my opinion. We yeah. I, I agree that we we should uh, consider more about the communication and uh, and broadcasting and mining to to make a profit. From this sector, but we have also to 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 take a look on the other hand to to train our people in the medical field. It will not only mm. benefit us uh, in the space uh, sector, but will also benefit uh, the the uh, the African people in the normal day. 
Interesting, interesting. Mm. If you had an uh, African leader from any country, say, let's say uh, the, the, the leader of uh, South Africa, and you were to tell him why exactly they should focus and put funds into exploring space or human Ooh, space flight. questions yeah. from Daniel Alaya. Here we go. <laughs> it's a direct question, but why do you think they should focus on it and make it a priority or, or, or should they or should they not? What's your opinion? Uh, in my opinion, that I, I, will fo- I will convince him that the space industry is worth it uh, because if you can uh, have this solid uh, space uh, asset in from satellite uh, technology, you can benefit from this in the communication and forecasting uh, and the mining, desertification, uh, the, the, the uh, water flooding. Uh, you can make sure that uh, you uh, have like uh, the correct decision uh, f- uh, to the government in the right way. Uh, you can also focus on uh, be- be- uh, gain a benefit from this if you want to. Like in Africa, we have the the most uh, powerful and the most uh, uh, successful uh, b- uh, uh, bed to launch the satellite uh, so launch rockets. In Africa, but it's not uh, fully uh, uh, used. It was used in back uh, through the it- Italian one, uh, but I, I think it's based in uh, in uh, Chad or Nigeria, uh, which is close to the equatorial. So it's the best uh, w- uh, way to 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 have uh, this uh, success in in gaining your uh, satellite or to launch the satellite uh, to to go. In the exact way of the orbit that you are targeting, so we have an idea uh, opportunity to go deep and deep in this uh, emerging industry that could uh, also. Uh, I want. Uh, I think this the space industry can also encourage and be some uh, kind of hope to the African peoples, uh, so they can have a dream. Uh, we will. Uh, we are. Uh, we are more like than the advanced countries. Uh, we have our own uh, space industry. We are advanced like them. We can compete with them. As you as you can see, the African peoples are, are, are all in working in different space agencies around mm. the globe, mm. like in NASA and ESA. Why they don't come back to their home countries in Africa mm. to build these African nations again uh, to be a much stronger play, a big player in this uh, space industry? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it was really, really interesting. Now, um, so there's some opinions f- floating around that going back to this idea of you know having a space force and you know being able to take advantage of the uh, possible resources that there are available in space that we're yet to find. Uh, once there are uh, mining opportunities and you know commercial value in uh, space resources then companies like amazon have already started investing in that area but if organizations and companies and government agencies in africa can focus on that then they won't be left behind and therefore you know that that is a reason to, for you know it, for investing in space and human space flight um, but I, I think it's a it's a controversial one, and uh, there's a lot of mixed opinions. But I think that the, the idea of having African human spaceflight um, as a collective, you know, the African Space Agency would be amazing, and I hope it's something that, that's going to be, um, you know, something that we'll be looking forward to. Yes, I totally agree with you. Yes.
and also as how you once you are talking about the opinions, you have this discussions and uh, controversial controversial. I'm sorry, discussion and uh, different opinions. So it's mm. normal to have this different point of views. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The space, the space force side of things is a is a huge part. Where there is uh, military movements and a military activity, uh, that creates power, and uh, power will govern how people live and how people, how humans expand. Uh, it, I mean, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. In in my opinion, um, if we're going to be living on Mars, if there's going to be colonies there, there's going to be military there, and um, I think you need to, I don't know, I, I don't know if I completely, uh, again, like, again, as you're right, you've got, everyone's got their own opinion with this sort of thing. I think that personally, like, I would hope anyway, that when you're going out there, you're going out there as representatives of, you know, your earth, as opposed to being American, European, African, or, you know, Chinese or Russian or whatever it may be. And I would hope that especially in terms of the first few people that we send up there you know they do a lot of extensive psychometric testing to make sure that they are mentally as well as physically capable of going through the long-term space flight you're you know i think that maybe that's an issue for later times but i i don't know if that's something that we necessarily want to be thinking about or focusing about right now personally um but yeah that's it's, it's certainly a very controversial topic but um, but I think there's yeah. a lot of good to be able to con- concentrate yeah, on yeah. as well, rather than looking at it the the mili- you know the more maybe ugly side of what could happen. And as mm. I had said, particularly from his own experiences as well, like um, and not that I'm an expert on war or anything along those lines, but you know, it's I can only imagine, and I can't speak for Ahmed here, but I can only imagine that having lived through it quite literally, it's not something that you'd like to see again. And we're trying to reduce that as much as possible. So you had mentioned as well, obviously, there's a lot of talk about the uh, African Space Agency, but you'd mentioned specifically that there's this Egyptian Space Agency that you talked about. Um, do you think that the future of of space within Africa is going to be this united front? Or do you think people will end up fragmenting off and trying to do their own thing? Uh, no, I think that uh, it will. It's very, very important uh, to our Africa people because uh, it, uh, you can see just in the African Space uh, Agency, uh, they also started uh, like training uh, the, uh, different engineers from different African countries as they were uh, when they uh, are when expected to be host in Egypt this in this summer to train on the uh, satellite communication and these techniques of uh, the engineering process because Egypt uh, now hosts this uh, uh, facility of uh, assembling the satellite uh, in the new mm-hmm. capital uh, with, with, in collaboration with the Chinese uh, agency, mm-hmm. uh, space agency. So uh, it, it's really important that it will definitely unite African peoples. Uh, you can uh, come across these uh, different peoples from the different uh, uh, African co- uh, countries uh, with this great uh, different uh, cultures uh, in Africa, uh, we definitely will be united because uh, once again, once you are talking about space, uh, it's like a big dream and you want to just uh, have every uh, input to uh, and to unite and to, get, to gain this uh, different uh, kind of funding and interest of all the ca- African countries, definitely it will unite us uh, more in in this uh, kind of uh, sector, space industry. 
It's amazing, mm. amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it has to. It it, it has to unite Africa. Yes. And and the beauty of it, the beauty of it is that the people who are at the forefront of the African Space Agency are 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 people like you. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so the same thing. You know, the, the the young people. You know, the um, Space Generation Group. You know. All those people, Jet, Mars generation—that's what we're being called by some people. <laughs> exactly, but the 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 group, the SGAC, yeah, um, and and those are people who who you know are, are pushing things forward, and and that's the conversation we're having now. And one final question, then, before we wrap up, then Ahmed, oh, what do you think that Africa can offer, which is different than what's being done already with NASA, the ESA, or Roscosmos, or anything like that, or ISRO? I think the difference here, it will be just as uh, how it will be unite us. Also, how we can uh, benefit from this, because in Africa, we we don't use uh, or fully use our own resources. So we can benefit from the space uh, and uh, technology, like satellite technology in in the mining. We can enrich our economy with this kind uh, of resources. Uh, also, you can predict also the, the desertification and the flooding issues that happen always in Africa and that can impact our life. So it, it's mm. more about uh, having our uh, good quality of life to the African peoples that can uh, they can be proud of it. Uh, and also, uh, you can not only benefit from space, uh, just sp- African space program for just the space, but also for improvement of our African peoples here on Earth. Indeed, wow. in indeed, indeed, and I, and I think there's something to be said for using the uh, sp- African space effort to actually attract a lot of uh, human resource. And there's this idea of you know attracting. Uh, people of African descent, the African diaspora, to actually come and work and come and invest and come and enjoy Africa. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm someone that that definitely wants to do that, and this is a great opportunity. And and you said it finally yourself at the beginning that actually, yeah, this is something that's happening. And you know, of course, you know, working for NASA, working for the ESA, that's great. And 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 that is uh, ambition which many people have. But but also, there's something very young and very fertile about what's happening in Africa. And actually, we can be a huge part of it if we if, if we invest with our minds. Yes, I totally agree with that. We need our African peoples working for others to come back again to Africa, to work for their countries and to work mm-hmm. for making the, our own con- uh, African continent uh, better again and uh, to just to benefit our, our own nations and our own peoples. Uh, but also, I, 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 I know that the, if you are talking about the, your future and as a career, we also need our government to appreciate those people to give them uh, the appreciation and the good quality of life that just to make sure that they can uh, give all what they can uh, in, and to convince him to coming back to, to, to Africa and work for the African uh, Space Agency. Uh, and also we need to have this uh, solid and concrete vision uh, that can compete with the others that can uh, convince the big players in, uh, in uh, uh, the African peoples uh, who really uh, play a good uh, in uh, good positions in the, the NASA or ESA to come back to to the African uh, countries to work for this uh, space uh, program. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I tell you what, it, it really is food for thought, and uh, it's a really exciting space. I want to keep my ears close to the ground on that one. So, Ahmed, uh, that insight into the African uh, space efforts, of course, you know, we, we, we say Africa like it's it's one country, it's not, but, you know, j- just, just for ease yes. of conversation. Yes. Um, but I'd like to know what are your plans or your plans for the future and, you know, what, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? You know, how can we get behind you? Uh, my plans, uh, I, my hopes, uh, I'm doing right now my uh, master's degree in biotechnology, but also I'm working to secure uh, funding for to get uh, a scholarship to study the space uh, um, uh, in the ICU, International Space University in France, to get a wow. space science master's degree. Because right. uh, as you know, we are in the medical degree, uh, speciality or the pharmacy school. We don't uh, like to have this kind of technicality. Uh, like engineering stuff and uh, astrophysics and this mm. kind of to, just to have your own uh, solid uh, knowledge of uh, space and space exploration and uh, I want to go more deep in this area so I just uh, work to just secure a funding for to have a master degree in space science from the ICU after that uh, I wanted to uh, to get an, a PhD degree in neuroscience uh, and after which I hope that I can, uh, it will give me the opportunity to work in, uh, in, in different space agencies in the neuroscience lab. Uh, and uh, and my hope uh, to just is uh, like academic one, but um, also I want to start my business after uh, my uh, I finish my PhD degree. And I want to have my own company that can work in, uh, in the pharmaceuticals. Uh, but in uh, in vision with the, the space in space, uh, and I want to to have this kind of commercial space sector in the in the Africa. I want to start this in Africa. I'd like to compete with the others, as I as I mentioned. As my hope is to making uh, humans uh, a multiplanetary species uh, someday. So uh, um, I want to to have like a, a real steps in this uh, uh, path to make it real. Uh, I'm not sure that, uh, with uh, my uh, today resources that I can do it, but I I'm doing my best uh, to reach it and to make it real. Uh, be, before passing away, I hope that, uh, to to just uh, put something in this uh, space uh, space race for the African peoples to be proud of. You're speaking wow. it into existence. <laughs> wow. I think I think that was the most comprehensive well thought out complete life plan i've ever heard <laughs> fantastic thank you so much. fantastic that was beautiful to hear no that really touched me <laughs> ahmed thank you once again for spending the time with us and having the opportunity to talk to us especially considering that you are extremely busy with everything that you're doing over there um and thank you as well to our listeners um for, for listening to our podcast and, and listening and hopefully learning something about the amazing stuff that ahmed's doing but also about what the field of space medicine is Hey everyone, thanks for downloading and listening to our podcast. We hope that you gained a lot from it. And if you'd like to hear some more stuff like this, much more, make sure you subscribe on whichever platform you found this on. And if you like what you heard, drop us a rating too. You can also give us a follow on our social media accounts. We are at Aeromed Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And once again, that's at Aeromed Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Also, we like to hear your feedback. Of course, improve. So let us know your thoughts by emailing us at aerospace medicine podcast at gmail.com. That's aerospace medicine podcast 
at gmail.com. Until next time, though, thanks so much again for listening. Stay safe, keep aiming high, and we will see you very, very soon.